2: <that> it feels like Miami, 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 hey. Miami, Miami, hey. 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 Miami, Miami, hey. Miami, 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 Miami,
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Miami Navas, And with me today, as most times, is my co-founder Brian Goins here on the left of the screen. If you're watching on Twitch or YouTube. What's up, guys? And shout out to Twisted Tapioca
3: if you're in the chat today.
1: Chat to Tapioca is uh, our, 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 listen, MVP of Heapy. Uh More than anyone here, it's Twisted Tapioca he, on the bottom of the screen. I'm a
3: beat super fan at this he
1: point. Miami Heapy. Listen, it's nice to have one. It's nice to have people that like us. You know, it's uh, it goes a long way. You guys don't understand. It's it's lonely out here. <laughs> on the bottom of the screen, we have the great Siobhan.
2: What's up? Hey, G. Hey, guys. Um, yeah. Shout out to Twisted. Also, keep keep up the work. <laughs> we appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, and on the bottom left, you will know him as our statistician and pun master, host of the Dunker Spot podcast, and featured writer on Basketball News, Nikias Duncan.
4: Hello, hello, and rest in peace,
1: yeah. yeah, I wanted I wanted to start with that. You know, I I didn't know him as a writer first. I knew him as an NBA TV personality, and he was the kind of the social media guy. And like, honestly, he was also like an inspiration for me for my weight loss because you know he, you know, on television, you know, seeing him every day, like that was something that you saw his journey with his body and honestly like for me more than the basketball stuff because you know we only had a couple interactions on twitter you guys are gonna come on podcast one day uh but like for me like that dude was such an inspiration to me personally in terms of like his weight loss because that's a visible guy and you know that you know looked that looked great right like the guy's like handsome dude you know really slimmed out looked amazing um yeah. i love seiku i think we all do um it and it's just goes to, to show lose. no matter
3: how healthy you look or how healthy you are like just COVID can, COVID sucks. It really does. And that's why you got to wear your mask, even though, you know, things are, I don't know, things haven't gotten better in the last year.
1: The light <laughs> at the end of the tunnel is hopefully here. And uh, we know there's no reason to lose any more loved ones. So rest in peace <laughs> to the great Seku Smith. Um, we loved you. We love you. And, you know, we hope to honor your wonderful basketball writing legacy and coverage of the league today, talking hoops with two of my favorite people and Brian. So (laughs) I kind of want to start with the little mini series that they played with the Brooklyn nets. So Nikias, uh, we talked a little bit about this on their pregame show. when I I asked, I hastily asked you to come on the, it's really promising to see how effective they are at attacking drop because Milwaukee still does that. and, And when teams play a really kind of aggressive drop defense, I think that Miami has a lot of tools to exploit that and if you look to the kind of c- couple games prior to that against the Raptors the Raptors were switching a lot of things and I think that the switching really makes Miami's offense hard because suddenly those handoff pat those handoff plays that that they like so much you have a lot less space you know d- d- the gap closes a lot quicker bam is not someone to really punish a small even jeff green you know, he wasn't kind of backing a in. It was more face-up, jumper, finesse stuff. So switching is definitely kind of the Heat's kryptonite in a way, but it was kind of good, Nikias, to see a- an elite team in the East that that still uses drop and the fact that they still got it.
4: Yeah, I think that was definitely a positive. It starts with Bam, who forced just about anyone that was thrown on him during the 2 game series. But he's taken the mid-range jumper. Uh, just the fact that he's taking it more consistently, he's taking it in rhythm, I think that's huge for the drop because you can't play off of him he's knocking down at a 50% clip. Um, and if they do continue to guard him that way, he has a way to score now, in addition to what he already does, that's a throwback handoff by I mean, Duncan Robinson still have tremendous chemistry there. So it is encouraging that they can beat that. Um, I do think, to your point about the switching, they really lack some juice downhill. And I think that's really where they miss Jimmy the most. Because he's the guy that can mismatch Hunt in that way and get downhill and get to the free throw line and kind of force rotations there. Um, I do agree with you. Bam still has a ways to go as far as attacking smaller players. Um, though There were some nice flashes. Um, he forced a lot of double teams against Brooklyn, which I think is huge. Uh, the fact that they were treating him as a threat that way, he was able to showcase the passing there and open those looks for others. But um yeah, they they just they definitely need Jimmy Butler back, which is a dull thing. But in terms of attacking that switching style, they need someone that can get downhill and really force pressure at the run.
3: So. Uh, yeah, there's some news about like Jimmy's uh, availability. Apparently, according to uh, well, according to the team and then according to Ethan, Jimmy's not going to be playing tomorrow, but he's on track to probably make his return sometime this week. Apparently, he's <coughs> taking tomorrow off for conditioning purposes. And then Avery Bradley and Tyler here are questionable for tomorrow
1: make the return the Siobhan we've kind of talked a lot about what Nikias is saying about kind of like their north-south kind of juice or or, or like kind of versatility in their shot diet you know um, I tweeted the stat earlier today which I think is super indicative of kind of everything that's going on with their high pick and roll game so they're getting absolutely trounced when Bam and Goran are off the court so they're minus 14 net rating when they both sit And when they both play together, they're at a plus three, which is pretty encouraging that even without Jimmy and these guys, that they're they're still playing winning basketball when they play together, which is really, you know, Goran is right now their only north-south threat. So I know that we've talked a lot about this, but like, do you, Siobhan, like, do you think that this is a big concern or do you just think like Jimmy's going to come in and he's really going to fix this?
2: So, so, so Jimmy comes in and he fixes it or maybe he doesn't fix it. He addresses it. Right. Um, because again, we're still not relatively early, but I mean, or not early, but are still kind of relatively early in the season and, you know, still rest. Um, we still don't know, um, his, his effects with COVID. Um, so I think, you know, when he comes back, he, he does address it, but, um, I don't know that he fixes it because, like you said, like you just illustrated, especially with Tyler out, right? Your next closest approximation to someone that can give you, as Nakia says, some juice going north and south is Gorn, who's also a guy that we shouldn't at this stage of the season be relying on um, so heavily to do what we are doing. You you see a struggle, like you said, it's it's a visible struggle um when the two of them aren't on the floor. And so the improvement in Bam's jump shot is incredibly encouraging because it means we have, you know, another weapon in the arsenal to be able to address multiple styles of coverage. But you know, who is showing their full hand? You know, at this point in the season, like you got to hope to God that we aren't also. So, um, you know, and, and, and not at all to say that Bam's success is is some fool's gold, but how much better our offense looks because of it because we may not continue to see this type of coverage, um, maybe it's yet to be seen.
1: So I I kind of tend to agree with you. Like Eric likes to really put a lot of stuff in his back pocket. And then in the playoffs, he really unveils it. Like, I think we've right. seen a lot of, especially on the defensive end. Right. You know, they save, they kind of showed a little bit of the switching, but like now like they're in their whole back defensively, like trying to win games. But it's kind of hard when, because you know, I think you made the joke that there's like, a little too much Gabe Vincent, or <laughs> going on right now.
4: Yeah, it's a lot of Gabe Vincent.
1: <laughs> it's it's tough to win, you know, to push and, and it's not it's not a dig at, at Gabe or anything. Like he's just not a guy that's like ready to play high leverage minutes against James Harden. Like that's not a knock on these guys. Yeah. But you know, this season has kind of thrusted a bunch of people out of position and out of kind of their comfort level to a point. It's like you know, all of a sudden you look around. And you're isolated at the top of the key against James Harden. And it's like, you know the Siobhan, you know the D-Wade nightmare uh commercial where he yeah, yeah. wake up from the nightmare like in, in a sweat? Like yeah. that's that's kind of like Gabe. Like you wake up from a nightmare, you're like, how did we get here? Why is Gabe on James Harden yeah. at the top of the key with the leverage situation? like this?
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we wake up in the nightmare and then and then Gabe is the deer in the headlights, you know, kind of when it happens. But to I don't know, to his credit though, like he does offer you the most kind of girthy resistance at our spots to him at the moment again with with, with jim so but yeah like that if that's, if that's the the go-to you know if that's our our first option we are still in a little bit of trouble like
1: when i i i i, I want to go back to the stat because i really think it's indicative of something like things kind of trending up nikai's they're winning the goron bam minutes Shout-out to Curtis's hero for the gifted, for the gifted sub. And shout-out to hype. I know he gifted Nikias' a sub earlier. Uh, y'all are great. Uh, appreciate that support. So, you know, they're winning those those Goran Bam minutes, and they're losing the minutes without them. And I think Nikias and Jimmy comes back in. Not only do you bolster, because, I mean, Goran Bam and Jimmy are going to play a lot of minutes together. Mm-hmm. So that plus three could get to plus five, plus seven, you know, if you hope, like if all things go right or whatever, plus five if it doesn't really go as well as you hope. And that minus 14 when they both sit, you will kind of hope that Jimmy plus shooters at least gets you to an even net rating. You know what I mean? Even if if it's like a lot of Kendrick Nunn getting blasted, you know, on defense. Like, I, I kind of think that, like, this looks, you know, when they're playing, they're good players. They're winning.
4: Yeah, I, to that effect, I'm kind of surprised that Bo has paired those two together the way that he has. Like, what really bothered me during last night's game were these stretches to where you have Bam and off Thorne off the floor. And Duncan Robinson's kind of your hub. You kind of hope that he can bend the defense with the way he moves off ball. But Brooklyn's just switching everything because nobody else can get to the paint. I mean, nobody else forces attention. So it's just a lot of side to side passing. And then it's a late clock look. And there's Dave Vincent again taking a shot. So <laughs> I just, it's been weird seeing him. It's been. It was kind of surprising that he started Gorn to begin with. Yes, I figured that he would just keep that rotation. I mean, you just kind of keep that part of rotation intact since the guys that are left are all point. I mean, like it's Gabe Vincent, it's Kendrick Nunn, Like they're all point guards, so you would think you would just kind of slot one of those guys in for Tyler, and you have Gorn to kind of right the ship, and then you kind of close games with them. But starting him as one thing and then taking him and Bam off the floor at the same time just means your offense really has no shot against a team that likes to switch. So Jimmy's going to be huge for that. I think that's going to be the biggest part of the net rating thing. Honestly, there are going to be more weapons offensively. Jimmy's going to be able to force pressure. And those staggers make a lot more sense when you have one guy on the floor consistently consistently that can put pressure on the rim.
1: It felt like college offense. like yes. With those minus Bam and Gore. Like, like it's a lot of side-to-side passing. A lot of guys like taking one dribble and then they got. Like, ah, never mind. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna work these angles. Um, couple couple little cuts. And nothing real comes of it. Uh, it's frustrating. It's frustrating, and they just they don't have enough. And like, I feel I felt kind of bad for Olenek because I think that he theoretically at least with him and Duncan they can run some of that stuff. Especially you know you have him off or whatever you screening for pressures or whatever. They can do a lot of like four or five stuff. He can you know, trigger the handoff or whatever. And he's just been I'd, abysmal shooting the ball.
4: Abysmal. What would you would you say to guys? I just I just chipped in with bad. He- <laughs> just,
1: and I'm a like Siobhan, I don't know. I I'm a KO guy. Right. Like I I'm here defending my man O'Linick all the time because I I like what he offers. I like, I think his finishing is good. I think he's a really smart offensive player. I think that I like that he's a good shooter and he's like Missing everything. I think Marco, uh Marco and chat said a couple of days ago he's with Five Reasons, tweeted that, you know, Kelly's shooting like 17% on open jump shots. That's what we were making fun of Mo Harkless for.
2: Yeah. Um <laughs> I'm a KO guy too, but I think again, like it can't be underscored. And I think the fact that it can't be underscored, like further highlights kind of the issue of, you know, what we are left to rely on without, you know. Goran, Jimmy, a Tyler. Um, Nikias was talking about how there's no one else to take an attention off of, um, off of a Duncan. Right. So there's even, you know, less attention or what have you, you know, given to, to, to a KO. And so, um, I don't know. I I'm, I'm a KO guy too. I think he, I like what he gives us, um, in the size and in the, the pick and pop, um, Maybe I wish he was a bit more mobile, but <laughs> don't we all you know, that's not his fault. He's like that awkward athletic type. Like Clay Thompson is really awkward athletic. Um, but is he? I think, uh, no, I think Clay is like awkwardly athletic. I know he's athletic, but it looked, or maybe it used to look kind uh, of awkward. Shots at Clay. Not wow. at all. I love Clay. Stop, 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 stop. There's nothing wrong with being awkward. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it's effective. Um, but no, I, I like KO too. So, you know, I, I hope he can, he can get it back. Um, we'll see.
1: Like if he can give them a, if he can give them shooting, at least at a league average clip, yeah. like that's going to help. Yeah, and 17% I,
2: is rough. It's
1: rough on, on open. Like, that's
2: yeah. the, those are the open. Yeah, they're ones. not. Pr- yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, if he can get going, that's going to help them a lot. I mean, they, you know, the people that are shooting their volume three-point shots have been bad, right? Like, not except for Duncan, right? Because Tyler takes a lot, and Tyler's not hitting them, and Kelly takes a lot, and Kelly's not hitting them. You know, yeah. Goron and Duncan have kind of really held up the team percentage, but they're, you know, Goron's an on-ball guy a lot of the time. And Duncan is a guy that defenses are really focused on. They'll switch those handoffs. They're really focused on how do we limit Duncan Robinson, right? That's a lot of game plans start with that. Yeah. And then they kind of work around because I think, you know, and by the way, I I mean, I know that Bam went off against the Nets, but I mean, late in games, those shots he was hitting, they were tough shots. They were Jeff tough reinforced. Shots. You know what I mean? And, and you know, I, I kind of want to get into this a little bit because I, I feel like this might be a little taboo right now. um. I have a bit of an issue with Bam and the jumper. And I think that he's falling a little too in love with it. Now, I like it. And I think, Siobhan, as you said, it's in the arsenal. Like, he yeah. has that in his bag. Yeah. And they can depend on that when they can't get a good better shot. Right. But the stuff where he's taking, he's posting up, then takes one dribble out, and he ends up at the free throw line. When you start at the low block, like, you gotta, you're stronger than these guys. What are you doing?
2: So he's stronger than some of these guys, right? But is he, you know, they have DJ and maybe I can't think of any other of their big presences other than they use Joe Harris a lot
1: on him. But now like see stuff guys like, like that. Yeah,
2: stuff like that, you know, then it's it's almost it's beginning to get um a little bit inexcusable. And like you said, you maybe this is the time to to work on the things. As I said earlier, you know, maybe you don't show your whole hand this early in the in, in season and so maybe Bam has this like phenomenal post-up game that we just haven't seen yet but um, and I, I don't doubt that you know he has elements to it Um, but I don't think you know Pete, those of us because I agree with you I don't think those of us that maybe want to see a little more um, head to the basket nose to the rim you know driving face up um, if you're not stronger than these guys you're quicker than them you're more athletic you're more springy so you know take that you know I don't know. Maybe he's getting bumped a lot. Um, these guys, these bigs, aren't having to to rotate and contest and be, you know, out of defensive position as we have. So, you know, I'm trying to take all of that into consideration. And even with that being said, I would like to see Bam attack a bit more.
3: Didn't he work out with Chris Bosh over the summer or a couple off seasons ago? Oh
1: God, Chris Bosh came because it seems like that's exactly the, the style of
3: play he's going for right now. That face uh, up. Kind of taking yeah. those 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 mid range jumpers yeah. and then like I don't I don't think Bosch really um, had much of a post game but he did but Bosh, have a good face yes up he game. did he
2: had a great Bosh, he, had he had a great face, he face had a good face up game and Bosh he had a he had a three point game now yeah. does Bam have that yet that's you know the mid and with that three is oh, what I, I think I Bam could, could shoot Bosh.
3: threes he just not going just, not just, he just
2: isn't he just isn't
1: Nikias I feel like CB had a quicker first step and I think that changes a lot also in that conversation
4: true oh.
1: He, CB's first up was crazy, dude. He, he
4: didn't first I'm trying to think if it, if it was better than
1: Bam's.
4: I it was, was more
3: animated. Bam, the way Bam had that first up on Daniel
1: Thais a couple times at Game Six. That that matchup was a wash, Brian. Remember, oh, yeah, Dave, Duf- Dave, Duf- I love
4: Dave. <laughs> but uh, G, to your point about Bam falling in love with the jumper, like I feel we've had this conversation before, and I'm and my early thought was I'm glad that he's willing to take it. And I mm-hmm. think getting him to the point of being aggressive is step one and priority one. But I think it's important to frame it, frame his jumper as a counter, more so than a go-to. Like his jumper is the counter to the drop right now. Yeah. And it's great that he's hitting it at a high clip and it's great that he can go to it in a very other ways. Like it's the regular face up. He does have the pull-ups. He has the side steps. He has the step backs. So it's great that he can kind of operate in the mid-range area. But the dirty secret is that Bam still struggles with size a little bit. He does struggle with two fives that have these massive complete spans. That's why you see some of the awkward attempts in the half court. Until where he'll try to go into a guy's chest, he's kind of fading away and he's flipping over his head. And He has this quick second jump, so he's able to knock the and put it back. But that initial attempt. Is because he can't finish over the top of a guy like not because he isn't better, because he is. But it's just the size We have to remember Bam has he's six nine with a seventh of
3: I don't know. Oh, we saw him bully Giannis in the pan a couple of times.
2: A couple of times, but more times out of those couple, Giannis's size is going to make up for Bam may be able to get well, it may have been, probably should have been called a charge, maybe not at those specific times, but he does kind of get away <laughs> with the little shoulder, so. It's like we see it him sometimes, Kaiser's and point. then,
3: like, we, we see him, like, revert back to some of his older tendencies.
4: I'm, I'm glad you brought up Giannis. So, <laughs> I think Bam's best play over Giannis was this season. It was the face-up, the jab.
3: Yeah.
4: That yeah. drive. How did Bam finish that play? Footback. It, it, it was an inside hand layup off the wrong foot on the opposite side of that wall. He didn't mm-hmm. go over the top of Giannis, mm-hmm. so like he's still more finesse than power in that. Yes, like, he's, he still has to figure out how he's going to win overside. That's also that- why when he faces up and actually attacks the basket. He's pump faking ninety five percent of the time because he's trying to draw fouls.
3: God, that drives me fucking crazy. It drives me nuts. It's <laughs> the Joe Bede that's remember? for
1: old dudes that's for old dudes, <laughs> dudes are pump fake like I, Charles Barkley once said he's like I once pump fake when there was no one around me and that's when I knew it was time to retire." <laughs> like, like
4: come on Bam well seriously when Bam's flowing to that jumper it's more fluid when he's actually going north south or trying to get to the basket just watch how often he pump fakes versus how often he goes straight up into, into a guy in the paint like he's trying I'm, to guys out balance in that way oh my.
1: I know that they're like really trying to put him in that mid post area I kind of like him more at the elbow if he's going to face up there because I think he has a little more room to go with his right hand. Because when they, because they were putting him on the left side of the court, right? So they run that little screen in the middle and they kind of get him from right to left. And then they get him on like that mid slash low block and then they let him work. Yeah. I kind of rather see him run elbow stuff, not really to run shooters off of him because when if they're going to commit with him to score, but just to give him those angles, I, I would like to see that a little more.
3: He doesn't drive baseline much. Now I'm thinking about it.
1: Chat saying it. Uh, Marco says that Bam tries that Bosch sideline drive so much, but What's Bosch he? always had
4: a counter. Oh, I, yeah. No. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say, Bam, that was one of the things that I talked about during last year's postseason, how heavy the tendency was for him to drive baseline. And I was kind of worried about teams starting to sit on it. That's what made him going into those step backs on the baseline so impressive to me earlier this season. Because it seems like he's he's found a little counter to that. But that
1: I would like to know if Goron taught like if that came from Goran, because <laughs> Goron is good at that, and I would I would I would really like to know if that's something that he saw Goron be really good at. was like oh I I could do that.
2: I think I like I like what you said about him being you know in the free throw line area a bit more, especially yeah. when we're not running. The, the handoff stuff, right? Because because we don't have um dynamic enough, you know, north-south enough guards right now. Um the tension again is either on Duncan or on zone Bam. And so it's kind of like this like weird zone that no one's really having to kick out of or no one's really having to like help down from. Um, but so you break a zone, you get, you know, you get your your one of your best decision makers, one of your best um passers, you get that guy in the high free throw line area in the middle of the zone. And then that's when they pick how they operate. And, and I think you're absolutely right that from that position, um, we should see him more with a focus and an emphasis on wanting to operate north.
1: So I want Chad to understand something. I tweeted out of the Heat Beat account yesterday that Bam is a top 10 player and that I was sorry to Damian Lillard that Dame has been Wait, kicked hold out. On, Bam. Hold
3: on, hold on. I'm not <laughs> hold gonna go on, through hold the on, list. Hold on. Hold on. What you said that after I tweeted no ceiling trademark and you got mad at me. No, because that QT was the PM. other day.
1: Because that that was okay. But you tweeted that and I got mad at you because he was like refusing to go at Joe Harris and it was driving me crazy. I was so mad. He
3: had 21 points at the half.
1: Okay, we but whatever. That yeah, that's fine. I'm wrong. We can all make fun of me. But top 10 player. uh I'm I'm here. Nikias, I'm here. And it kind of and but I like I want to preface like I want to be critical to Bam because I think he can be better. I, I think he can legit be Anthony Davis. Like I I'm not I'm not crazy. I think he has that kind of talent. I think that as a jump shooter, I think he can get there. I think he can get a little more aggressive going to the rim. And I think that's going to be the difference because I think defensively, he's on his way there. And as a passer, he's certainly better than AD. Uh so I I just really see Bam as like. If this goes right, we're talking top five player in the league type stuff. Like when I'm looking at him, like what the high end is for him, right? Like the, like the 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 nickname No Ceiling isn't for nothing. So like we're having this conversation in the context of, you know, we think he's that good. At least I do. I saw someone in chat earlier say, uh, I love this comparison. He's baby KG, but with Chris Bosh's attitude. I think that's kind of perfect.
4: Baby KG with Chris Bosh's attitude.
1: Like the game kind of after KG, but like he has more of a Bosch kind of
2: like approach soft and, and attitude. Not soft, not soft, but like, how dare you? No, 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 no. I definitely, I didn't mean soft in that way, but I don't, more approach, I don't know, just, I, I get, I get the finesse, finesse. There's a finesse, there's a finesse
1: yeah. KG kind of played with a lot of edge. Yeah. Um, uh, Clutch Adam saying in the Basically chat, he's already less of an there. Asshole, as a sh-
3: I think is what, is what Boom. they're saying. That can work.
1: <laughs> he would be. Clutch Adam in the chat says he's already there as a shooter. He just doesn't want to show it. Um, I've heard, listen. I've I've heard at games, you know, a couple of, last year or was it the year before when they were like, you know, Bama has the green light to do to take these kinds of shots. He just doesn't, and that's kind of on him to to kind of come into zone because and I think the coaching staff has really proven with a lot of guys with even with guys like Wayne Ellington or whatever. Like I think the organization does a good job of empowering guys, unless your name is KZ Akpala. They <laughs> do. <laughs> <laughs> I want I want to save KZ for the end because I have a lot on KZ and I have a lot I, I have something for you Leif a five on the floor I listened to the podcast today I have I have a rebuttal for your KZ akpala conversation you too Alex Toledo um, no but hold on I I really want to get into this one thing before we pivot to that because I'm thinking Bam's in the top ten now like I, I'm there I, I'm like I'm I'm at the door like I I'm ready to take off my shoes and get in the house is he better than Jimmy Butler? Cause that's where I pause, and I'm like, well, I think I can talk. No. When Jimmy's not playing, I can talk myself into this. And then I remember what he did in the finals. Like Siobhan's shaking your head. But Siobhan, I had to think what,
2: about it. And I like, I went through some things I, I, and I say, no.
1: <laughs> Cause like Jimmy in the finals was, I'm telling you, like it, it was the same feeling I had watching Dwayne Wade in 2006. Yeah. It was like, Oh wow. He can do anything. Yeah. Oh wow. He'll do this by himself. Except. Yeah. He really was by himself because D-Wade had Shaq and
3: so, Can we imagine if we had this Bam healthy in the finals? Right.
2: I think it's the combination of things for me that, um, that equate to, to Bam still not yet uh, overtaking Jimmy as the best player on the team. I don't think he's far off from it. I think um, the things that will get him.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: There will be, you know, his intangibles like the mindset. I think, I think what still has Jimmy for me as a better player um, is all things, is the higher package, of Jimmy being um, at this point more dynamic, north south, better shooter, um, the mentality to to take it over and be a dog when he needs to. Um, The ability to guard up and down, there may be neutral there because Bam's an excellent um, wing defender, Uh, but I I still give Jimmy the edge maybe for um, his, his ISO abilities and the ability to get his own shot, but still set up other guys to get theirs.
1: Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball player strikes out when the bases are loaded. The best golfer sometimes three putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go get to roman.com slash heatbeat21 now. Go get started to save $15 on your first month of treatment. Guys, I'm curious where you fall in this discussion, because I think I know where you're going to go, I, um, but maybe you'll surprise me.
4: I have a question before I even get into that. So, Yes. Jimmy Butler is where you pause on the, on the Bama's top 10 thing, but not Dame? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't know how I feel about that. I'll be honest. So,
1: I love Dame. I think Dame is awesome. Dame is probably my second favorite non Heat player, right after Kyle Lowry, which is just weird of me to say, but whatever. It's like, I love Dame. Like Dame, Steph. Like these guys are like I, I like love I love Steph, I love Dame's game. I, I love all that. Is he on your fantasy team? Dame is not. On, I've actually never had Dame on my fantasy team. It's funny because I that, love. Him this so is much.
3: usually like like the reason why he likes certain. This, NBA this, no, players. this is this is
1: not fantasy influence okay. at all. <laughs> But what Jimmy does on both ends, the that kind of changes the calculus for me. And I, I think what Jimmy did in the playoffs last year, particularly the finals, I just, I don't, I don't know if Dame has that in him on both ends because those games had Jimmy doing everything on offense and then guarding everyone from LeBron to AD oftentimes in the same possession and they were winning basketball games. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, maybe that's kind of short-sighted, right? I don't know but what I mean Jimmy scored over the MVP of the league and the defensive player of the year emphatically and then screamed into the eons he can't guard me right and it's it's kind of that two-way stuff that I mean it's close right like as an offensive player you know obviously I think Dame has more in the bag um and Jimmy has the tendency to sometimes go through a quarter and a half where he has Ooh. two points and one free throw right like it, it's it's or, it's weird. Like he has he has these weird stretches of games, but I like at his peak, I think what he offers kind of edges Dame out. And then the playoff run last year kind of does that for me. Yeah. I don't know if that's short sighted, but
4: uh, I that's understand where I'm at. argument. I don't know if I 100% agree with it, but at least I, I I definitely understand your rationale because I typically lean with you in terms of the two way guy over the I don't want to call Dame one dimensional. That's too harsh. But like Dame is his value is mostly derived from what he does on offense. So I, I get you there. But as like
1: for- Jimmy will win you a game on both ends. Dame will win you a game on one end. Like even the high side of Dame's defense, it's like he's not gonna get picked on and he's not like he's not the reason why you lose. But like Jimmy will legit win you basketball games yeah. because of what he's doing on the other end.
4: I hear you. I got you, I got you. So for Jimmy versus Bam, um I think I said on this podcast, I feel like Bam was better than Jimmy last year. So Bam. I think that's
3: that was true until the playoffs. I but really I think Jimmy didn't play his best until, well, no, he had well, he had game one against Milwaukee. The rest of that series, he wasn't as,
4: wasn't as great. He was kinda, wasn't as
3: great. And then I guess, yeah, those really those three finals games is what really put him over the top. I think Bam was more consistent than Jimmy in the playoffs.
4: Yeah, I think they also
1: played small teams. Like the Celtics, like the, the Celtics had a lot of switchable giant wings. Yeah. If it wasn't right? for and Bam, we, had- would,
3: we definitely wouldn't be in Boston. That's Bam for sure. and
1: Goron, <laughs> Man, Goran, Goran those people. Um, it's close. Like, it's not an easy conversation. And again, like, I think that finals, again, it's just one series, but it's, you know. That's the reason why we're doing this activity, right? It's for that series. <laughs> I mean, that's a and good problem to
3: have. Point, if you got two the players whole you, point you of think this. could be that good, then you have a solid core. or are just not healthy.
1: Like, he's doing this against LeBron James and Anthony Davis, right? Like, Day-D and like they will put in pick and roll LeBron and AD in the play, and Jimmy's getting in the free throw line mm-hmm. and scoring free throws. Like, that image of him keeled over is like a lasting image of basketball that I think we're all going to remember forever. Yeah. Like if we have families and kids, like we're like, that's something like, that's the kind of shit that you tell your kids, right? It's like that, that picture, that moment, like that Herculean effort. And again, maybe, maybe I'm drinking too much of the Kool-Aid and maybe it's one series that is coloring too much of my, or one playoff run that's coloring too much of my feelings about it. Um, I would lean bam being better. That's I'm at the door and I'm kind of a little bit of bam, bam better. But I'm not all the way there. But Just your your,
2: oh, your argument for why your like vehement argument for why um why Jimmy is better than Dane should also be applicable to why Jimmy is still at least in this moment better than than Bam. Now, I hear you say you know you're not all the way in the house or like you know not yeah. all the way in on it yet. But I mean until we we. And I don't know, maybe you can say that you only saw that in Jimmy in spurts because it was, you know, the, the games that he, he did it in. But I think, I don't know, maybe until we see more that Bam is not capable of that mentality, but like willing to, to implement it and willing to, to do that, I still give, because of the, that reason, I still give, you know, that edge to, to Jimmy.
1: Also, in terms of Dame, Nikias, mm-hmm. Drew Holiday stole his soul.
4: <laughs> okay.
1: Um, I don't know it's just tough like when you watch a guy like in these like I've ne- I don't know I-, I haven't seen that happen to Jimmy much you know what I mean like like that that really bad playoff flame out and I think that and Dame has improved like I think the traps you know he's gotten a lot better at dealing with the traps and I don't know it's tough like I think those three players are kind of like really close grouped together the two way stuff kind of Elevates them. Siobhan is right about my inconsistency there. Um,
2: Can I ask a question? What, how, of course. how important or how heavy of a factor is size when we are talking about any of these better player type of conversations? Um, I asking first.
1: Well, I mean, not. I mean, I think it's tough when you're a small player like Dame to impact the game defensively, right? Like you have to be like CP3. Right. Like, you you know, there are players that are that size that, that do it right. You can be small, but it's, you know, you're right. You know, you're limited in a way like obviously CP3 is like a generational defender at that position. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Jimmy has kind of a big guard slash wing. Right. Like he's afforded. And I think he's also in a position. I mean, wings are the premier position in the league. Right. They, they can kind of do everything on the court and, right. and they can play most positions. Right. Um, so that's a, that's just a, a natural benefit that, that Jimmy has. And I think in a way, sometimes it limits bigs because of kind of the mm-hmm. the other stuff, right? Like you, you can't really ball handle the top of the key You kind of need, yeah. you are oftentimes an augmentation to offense, you, unless you're Jokic, right? You're not the offense. So that, that's like another, another kind of strike against the big. So I think that it plays a factor.
2: Brian, what do you think? I
3: think in... In terms of just, like, matchups and stuff, having a guy like Bam is more impactful just because he switched on to They could both switch. I mean, but I believe Bam is probably better, more equipped at it. And just, like, I don't know, he's just more twitchy to me as a Thunder (laughs) than a lot of other big men. Like, (laughs) I prefer him over Embiid. And and, and Chad's talking about how Embiid's better than Bam. I don't know.
1: Oh, get out of here with that. Please get out of here with that. Please. This, Can Joel Embiid win ever? What do you guys, Siobhan?
2: Nothing. Good. I've wanted to know Nikaias's opinion first,
3: and then they're also asking who are players better than Bam right now.
2: Because I think also- the Joel and Bam thing is kind of an interesting conversation. But Nikaias, what do you think about like size and its weight, and is this player a better player than that player?
4: I think it. I think it matters. M- more defensively. Like I do agree that, you know, having a guy that's Jimmy sized or BAM sized is more valuable, especially if they can switch out on the other players. Where I can't get there is, especially when it relates to Jimmy versus Dame, and I guess BAM too, is that I don't think Dame is a defensive liability. And from there, he just has more much more of an influence on offense than those two guys do. Like, I can get with with you that when both guys are at their best, Jimmy can affect the game in more ways because of what he does defensively. But from, you know, possession to possession, Dame gets trapped from 40 feet from the basket. Dame has this pull-up equity that opens up the floor for everyone else. He's able to split defenders and kind of force rotations and do all that stuff. Like, Jimmy, we were literally laughing during the Buck series calling for Bud's hand because they were, they just didn't go under his pick and roll when a high school coach would call for that kind of stuff and like while jimmy shouldn't be docked for that and that's very much a bud thing it also kind of speaks to his limitations as an on-ball guy and dame doesn't have that so they have their warts yeah like they have their warts but Yes, uh, Dame just kind of influences a little too much on offense, and the fact that he isn't like Trey Young on defense or anything to kind of counter that, <laughs> I, I find it hard to put Jimmy over a guy like Dame, especially since Jimmy will coast four quarters at a time on offense. I
1: liked what Zach Lowe said the other day when he, he was kind of talking about guys that don't react to defenses, and he was talking in the, in the context of Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell is a guy that will react to a defense. While, you know, in, in the conversations that we're having, Dame and I think Jimmy as well, they manipulate defenses. They they coordinate what the defense is gonna do and then they get what they want. Right. And I think I think that they're both that kind of player on offense, but Dame's kind of shooting and gravity, and they he Jimmy plays on a different court than Dame Lillard. Dame plays from the yeah. logo to the basket. Yeah. Jimmy plays from the from the free throw from the from the three point line. To the bathroom (laughs) from
2: the volleyball line, getting that high pick and roll, maybe down. It's cool. I don't know that I necessarily had a point, or I have a point in there somewhere, and I've been thinking about it a lot, but I haven't like been able to sit down and really organize my thoughts around it. Um, Because I think there, I also think there are differences in like size and like length versus size, and do those things matter? I think about kind of like when people compare Steph and LeBron and I just solely think of kind of like their height differential and like we LeBron is who he's been able to be because he's this physical freak. And so that gives him like a biological advantage over, you know, a smaller guy. So I was, I was just curious. Someone in the chat was saying that um, we forget that like Bosch used to finish through contact and finish through guys. Bosch was also bigger than Bam. Bosch is, got two inches on his height two inches on his wingspan um and i don't know i I just i just wanted to see you know kind of what you guys thought about size in relation to being better than whomever and then like i said i think there's differences in size but height length girth just those types of things so you
3: know to answer your question i would love to have five bands on this team
1: (laughs) (laughs) to the boss point you know boss was already in like his 10th to 8th to 10th year yeah. while he was here and he's yeah. you know that matters too yeah. you know, bam's in year four right he's gonna mm-hmm. learn how to use his gifts, yeah uh because he's certainly i mean he's 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 set weight room records right he's yeah. he's springy he's athletic um i i see people in the chat talking about paul george better than bam and stuff like that i i'm not i'm out that's ridiculous I'm out. Nikias, so are you out? I'm I'm out on I'm out on P. I don't know what it was. is he pandemic P playoff P. I don't know what we're calling him now, but pandemic P. I'm I'm out.
4: Paul oh, George is so freaking good, bro. He's he great. Is. He's awesome. He is. That's
3: why it's so He's frustrating amazing. until the playoffs.
4: <laughs> oh, but so is Bam. <laughs> I will
1: say that. Um, I will say that. I will. Uh, people saying be all over Bam. Listen, I love Brad. Yeah, I not- love Brad. Like uh, I just. I'm, I'm no Brad would come here and be the third best player and he will like it.
2: Nikias, uh, what were you his. thinking there?
1: <laughs> I think Brad would be sad.
4: yeah, I can't get there with Bill. Like Paul George is a conversation worth having, but yeah. I feel like we're going we've gone too far in making Paul George a meme but this point to have like meaningful basketball. No, no, we
2: can't. He's
1: good. No, he's Nikaias. He's good. He does have a long standing history of falling apart in January. Uh, like I'm, I'm not, I'm divorcing this from health because I think having these health conversations is is absurd, and it's just it feels like we're doing the Justin Winslow thing again. He's obviously really good. I, as an offensive player, I don't know how much I like him more than Jimmy. Jimmy's a much better passer, a much better, I think, decision maker. I think Paul George is obviously a much better shooter, and he has an, an athleticism that just Jimmy doesn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of motor jimmy is just has a lot more yeah jimmy's a lot more physical as a defender obviously that goes to pg but it's not like jimmy's
4: not right there and i could say all the same things for bam (laughs)
1: like how much does paul george do better that like it justifies it better than who Better than Jimmy him. and Bam, like other than score the ball. No,
2: they have to be separate conversations. You can't be Jimmy. Well, let, and let, Bam. let's
1: do, let's do the Jimmy one first because I think that's the easiest to compare. Like, I didn't
3: think I, I we're don't gonna do think, a whole comparison show, guys. I, think,
4: I mean, the shooting obviously isn't close. I don't yeah. think there is as large of a playmaking gap as so we. Oh, I think yeah. probably just different. I, Jimmy is the better passer, better playmaker, but I don't think that the gap is massive there. I'll, well, you don't think, I'll frame it like this: I don't think the gap in playmaking is as large as the gap in shooting.
1: Um, that's I, I'll, I'll disagree, but that's fair.
4: I also <laughs> think, if we're talking defensive versatility, I think Paul George is much better against guards than Jimmy is. Um. Okay. So, I'm with you. That I mean, from there, it just kind of depends on what you value. Is. I mean, obviously the shooting is its own thing, but like specifically the pull-up shooting, how much you value that. Because Paul George can just get it in a variety of ways, off the bounce, flying off the screens. Like he can do it in more ways than Jimmy can. I think Jimmy's a better
1: screener too, and I think part of that's coaching that he's used more creatively. But I think yeah. as a cutter, as a roller, as a mover without the ball, I like him more. Who has more guts? Oh, David, he's Easy, come on, Nikias. You know he leads. He leads the league in guts per hundred possessions.
4: Well, yeah, from there, if it's, if it, if the tiebreaker is guts, then I'm sorry, Paul.
1: And culture, culture per hundred possessions, guts, guts, um, guts per thirty six minutes. Personality that, that counts. Oh, he's probably better at making a latte. That that has to fa- that has to factor into the summer. Yeah, he's
2: a small business owner.
1: I mean, listen. Yeah. We need that in America right you now. Do. Just providing jobs uh, <laughs> to himself. Oh, uh, he hired that one little kid in one of his Instagram videos. He did not pay him though. Um. So I mean, maybe we have to dock him for being anti labor. But
4: that's that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, I I just think the BAM stuff's kind of interesting right now because like he's, it's it's at a point that I think that you know as as pundits as people who cover the league. It's a fun conversation to have, you know, when you think about, you know, Bam and Tatum and and now Jalen Brown emerging and then what Beal's doing, um, Kyrie. um, You guys, you deleted. uh, I don't want to like spend too much time on this because I want to get to KZ for the last couple of minutes of the show. But you had tweeted a thing the other day about like the the top 10 point guards in the league. Mm -hmm. um, And I was I was filling mine out. Do you want to guess where I put Kyle Lowry? And I just didn't tweet it out of shame.
4: Uh, for, before I answer did you consider like LeBron and Luka and guys like that? No, no. Not, I... I did not. Because you, you said not to. Yeah, okay. I was wanted to see. I didn't know if you had saw that or not. <laughs> I bet you have him you have him two or three. I know you have him two or three. I have him three.
2: I, I... said three in my head.
4: <laughs> I, I, I have him
1: three and I, I'm going to tell you why. I don't want to hear it. If you're the Nets, I really don't want to hear do it. Do you want Kyrie or Lowry? <laughs> no one cares. You're me. trying to win a title. No
2: one cares. Why is that the team that breaks the, the tie? Why is that the?
1: I don't know. I was just going through this. Also, <laughs> I think Chris Paul's not having a good as year this year. Okay, I just I just wanted to bring that up. I just wanted to laugh at me. Um, oh, we'll talk about the four this
4: viewers all of a sudden. Wow. Huh? Wow. Why do we have four viewers all of a sudden? What happened to the audience? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, we didn't want to get. All okay, right. So last thing, last thing on the docket today is is KZ Akbala. Um, he. Is so my man Leif over there at five on the floor and, and Alex had a show and they were like, he's kind of inconsistent on offense and defense and this and that. And I, I don't totally disagree. I think it was a little harsh. Um, But, you know, I'm a KZ apologist. Hashtag free KZ with my man Marco in chat. We love KZ. We are about the propaganda. We are about the movement. I think that. He has been really good. I thought yesterday he was their fourth best player. I thought on offense, he provided what he has to as a cutter. Um, He had a couple moves where he went to the basket. I thought one of those offensive fouls was kind of BS because Harden did the same thing and DeAndre hooked him and they didn't call those. But regardless, Um, I thought he was a plus on offense. One of those threes rimmed in and out that was halfway down. He hit another open corner. Three is moving without the ball. Well, he's pretty familiar with their sets and he's screening when he has to, where he has to, I think he has that down packed. I think as a one-on-one defender, he's really good. He's uh, clamp and beard, he was doing a really good job on KD. I think he does get a little lost when the screening in a set becomes a little more complicated. But against a team like the Nets, they just love to isolate, and I think that was just a great situation for him. Um, I do think he needs more reps. Like I'm not, I'm not saying that is the answer to every single problem. I just think that sometimes people, like guys, I think sometimes people are a little hard on him. I think he's been really good in his minutes. I think he's been productive. And I know the net rating looks like it's horrible. It's like minus a million per hundred possessions. I know that. I've seen the numbers. Um, But I've also watched the film. And I just think sometimes people are being a little too hard on him. I think he's been really good.
4: Well, I feel like part of the reason people are being hard on him is like our fault. Because we have been... Define our... (laughs) I mean, my fault. But uh, okay, uh, no, I was like, how much? How much? Are
1: we, I, I'll I'll shoulder the blame with you. I just I just want to know if, if you mean us.
4: Well, I, I mean, like, the KZ need playing time. People like we have been at times like, a little over the top about the KZ love. But, like some of that. It's becoming like justice. I don't want to say that. Like I don't want to put. I don't want it to get there. I don't want to <laughs> do that again. The justice. Let's let's not disrespect justice.
1: No, I know I'm not. I'm I'm just saying that like. Th- it, it's the movement's evolving.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. So, like, some of that is just people pushing back on KZ getting praised despite his best career highlight is a sting, a steal at the top of the zone against the Kings last year. So, like, I do get oh, yeah. people like, all right, let's see what we got. And then KZ blows an assignment. It's like, what, what was the clamoring for? Um, I am with you. You know where I am on young players getting consistent playing time for good teams. Um, he aren't a good team right now, but you get my general. Like, give your young guys <laughs> yes, they are. Like, give give your young guys rep. So, like, KZ needs to play. Uh, I do think I mean the war pretty obvious. I am more concerned about his offense than his defense. Like, he's gotten lost sometimes on defense. Um, I I don't know if I I can't remember if I tweeted out the clip, but I did tweet out during the transition position to where he decided by himself that he was going to pick up Kevin Durant despite the guy he should have picked up being in the corner. And then that just kind of led to a wide open. They ended up leading to an end.
1: I love that initiative. He's like, I want to guard the MVP. I don't know what you're talking about.
4: (laughs) You got got to call out your matchups if you're going to do that, especially in transition. So like the the slow ball replay is Duncan Robinson openly throwing up his hands. Like who the heck has this guy? I remember that. It's just like, yeah. And I tweeted to me, like, yeah, KZ, you can't. like It's just like that is why you're getting a quick hook. You can't do stuff like that. So he very much has room to grow. Do you there going any blame go. on Spo's fault?
1: <laughs> why? why does he get hooked for that? And then Gabe Vincent can,
4: can do whatever he's doing. And Kendrick Nunn can do whatever he's doing. That's and they don't get hooked. Where I'm with you. That's where I'm with you. Like, it's one thing to say KZ deserves a hook for something like that. But he can't get the cook and then also gave Vincent his ice on for 14 seconds. Or I agree. <laughs> I agree. The thing and not getting pulled. Like at a certain point, one of these guys can defend and the other two can't.
3: Yeah. Somebody needs to hold Spo accountable.
4: I have just the guy for you. Uh, he's on the <laughs> it, Five of the Four podcast. Uh, you may know him as Tropical Blanket
1: accountability, Alex holds both of it. Siobhan, are we, are we here going, are we like too in love with KZ? Are we going overboard? You're, you're reasonable. You're very even keeled. You know the game better than us. Are we going too far?
2: The we of the, which side is the we?
1: The free KZ.
2: Oh no, I don't think so. I actually think, I actually think those that are like Uber KZ or like against the, you know, free KZ mafia, um, I think they need some accountability. I think Miami fan it was mentioned in a pod or two ago that Miami fans have such this kind of like air of entitlement and just because we we've experienced success. Um, and, and I think we've fallen in love with these recent draft picks and and these recent um, you know, organizational builds from you know justice did or didn't pan out but from him to josh to tyler to bam and we see you know a precious getting the i don't know maybe the space to work through some of those mistakes i think there's kind of like equal blame to be dished out here um and and maybe not equal because i don't think the free KZ people deserve too too much of that um big. For, for him to still, you know, be on the roster, still be here, but he is still fairly young. Like, I don't understand why we as a fan base collectively can't just, like, be okay with having a project that may maybe take a little bit longer to pan out than some of the kind of microwave successes we've seen A Tyler. And, you know, Bam wasn't at first, but Bam was playing behind, you know, that dude in Sacramento. Um I think that the, ah. I think that the um, kind of the questioning, you know, why, why Gabe gets a little more freedom. I think that's valid um, because they both fill a need at the time. We need a point guard, oh,
1: guard privilege,
2: We but we need a point guard and we need a four. We need some length. And so if you are giving, you know, Gabe the freedom to you do what he is doing out there and I, and i not against Gabe, but if you're giving Gabe that same amount of freedom that I do think it's fair to question, you know, why isn't someone like a KZ who, like I said, also feels, um, a need for this team currently. Why isn't he given that space? I'm for KZ. I'm team free KZ. I think there's a reason, you know, um, he's still here. I don't know how in how serious or not the, the hardened talks were for myself and my soul personally. Um, I think you know if if he was a trade chip that they were willing to to be moved to to move off of then maybe he would have been I think there there's something there maybe stat, they're stashing him maybe they're not um I definitely am team young players need reps too because it's hard to get consistency it's hard to especially offensive consistency with such a um, varying lineup I think last game it said we would end up having Uh, 12 different starting lineups you know throughout the season we're at like like game 17 um and so if he's not getting the reps in game time um we who knows what the travel the practice situation is like because of COVID I I definitely think there is um space to be had for the conversation that he does need reps And, and I do think um Spo deserves some accountability also, but I think the the people that are so ready to be done with KZ need
4: to pump a little bit.
1: So a couple things before we head out of here. Uh Marco's saying that, you know, KZ's hitting the open shots that KO's not. And that's a point. Boom. Uh K Z fills a need at that four spot, that three, four spot that they don't have. He's especially. mobile,
2: he's wiry, he's gotten stronger. We've seen him, his body physically developed. Like, give that boy a chance.
1: Yeah. That I we've mentioned this a bunch, with that Nikias, I said that block that he had in the first Nets game, uh, it made me angry that Max Drews played ahead of him just based on that play alone. Like this, that play, I'm just like, really, this guy can do that, like prime Dwight Howard stuff, and uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, crab smell peddler, which is just a really funny thing to read. Uh, says in chat, uh, really good is a weird superlative for in quote filling a narrow role somewhat competently. Well, yeah, crab. He's got a you know, you know they're going to bring P.J. Tucker in here to do the same thing. So what do you want? Wait, wait, like, really, the,
2: the really good is in relation to what else we have at our disposal <laughs> right now. I'm not saying KZ is the really good or the really good is of all of the fours in the league, but he is the one of our options. And so in relation to them, I think he's a really good one.
1: So Chad has finally noticed that I'm wearing a hat today. Uh, Weird (laughs) Al says, what's with the cap? What are you hiding, Navas? Uh, Crab says, there's a basement under G's hat. Uh, They're all saying I'm afraid to mention. um, My hair currently looks like a Jim Carrey in Pet Detective. Um, And I I want it to look somewhat nice for for you, for you guys stream today. (laughs) So this is this is me trying. I need a haircut. It's dangerous. I, I You know, I, I, live with a, I live with an older person. They, I want to keep well, her safe. Explain why you haven't gotten a haircut. Well, the last time I got one haircut, and I think the last time I got a haircut was the day of the draft. The, the day right before the draft. It was like around Thanksgiving, I think, or whatever, somewhere around there. And I went because I was like, we're going to do a live stream. It's going to be important. This is a big day for us. I want to look nice. So I got a haircut, and the barber calls me a couple of days later. He goes, dude. I have COVID. I'm really sick right now. I'm like, really? Now, I don't leave my house. You said the, that anywhere. same
2: day or the next day?
1: Like, it was like a couple of days later. I think it was a Wednesday and he called me on a Friday.
3: It's like right before Thanksgiving too.
1: Shabon, I don't leave my house. I haven't seen my friends since March of last year. Like, I like don't socialize with anybody. Like, you guys are like the people I socialize with right now because I don't see my friends because it's dangerous out in these streets. This and is why I don't we want pod so much. Yeah. <laughs> This is why. Listen, when when I get the when I get a life again, this is going to change. I could go to Brian's <laughs> wedding. Like, I'm serious, like I don't go anywhere. Like, I I I really want to protect my mom. Yeah, survival. We don't even go my grocery He
3: didn't show up to my wedding.
1: Yeah, I, I I don't. We don't go grocery shopping. We get it delivered. We have Instacart, and we get that delivered. Like, we're very serious. I I go on like runs at weird times in the day when no one's out, so I can at least get a little cardio in. And the one time I go, anywhere. Yeah my man had COVID and I was like, I'm never going again.
3: I don't Curtis, think Curtis hero says that your barber has the antibodies. Now so you're good to go back.
1: No, but you can still carry. <laughs> you can have the antibodies yeah. and still carry and transmit the virus. So like sure. now he's probably like, Oh, I, what do I care? I'm not going to get sick. You went to church the other day and I was like, Oh God. Sounds, uh, sounds like there's a lot of people in there.
4: <laughs>
1: like <laughs> it's a crowd. It
4: sounds crowded. <laughs> i um, made that you and John Wall have the same
5: barber. That's cool. <laughs> the headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare.